Hey, what's up, Calvary? This is Vincent. And I'm Celeste. And we serve as the Dallas campus pastors and on our central lead team. And we've been at Calvary Church for 10 years. We actually both joined Calvary Church at the same time, but didn't even know each other. Celeste was serving in the children's ministry, and I was serving in church life here at the Irving campus. Through serving on the Dream Team, we've met so many people who've made an incredible impact on our lives. It was not long after that that Celeste and I met and began dating, which led to us getting married right here at the Irving campus in the chapel. Soon after that, we had our daughter who is now six years old. Being a part of this house means so much to us for so many reasons. Celeste grew up in the church and loves ministry and serving. My background was much different and the thought of even going to church had never crossed my mind. However, we've seen God by his grace open so many doors for us here at Calvary. One of those doors was connecting us with our lead pastors, Pastors Ben and Kim Daly. They've given us so many opportunities to grow in this house from being on the dream team to joining staff, to taking on high levels of leadership that we've never imagined we would. The people of Calvary Church have been so incredible and supportive towards our family. A lot of my family lives outside of this area and Vincent has a small family. So Calvary has become our family over the past 10 years. We wouldn't be where we are today without the support that has come from this church. I would say the last but not least reason we're thankful to be at Calvary Church is the gospel. I'll never forget when pastors Ben and Kim had their encounter with Jesus through the gospel back in 2012 that started what we now are realizing is a movement. I've had the privilege of sitting in a gospel circle with Pastor Ben for the last seven years, and it has honestly been the most refreshing, life-transforming experience that I've ever had. The gospel is the greatest message on the planet, and at Calvary, it's the only message we've got. To have the honor of declaring the gospel and seeing it do its work of restoration and healing is something that never gets old. The last 10 years have been the greatest years we've ever had as a family, trusting God in our finances, our future, and becoming rooted in this house. As we start this series for the movement, we want you to know this, what you're a part of is not normal. And we believe it's a picture of what it looks like when God does immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or imagine. There are so many exciting things happening that you're going to learn about during this series. As a family, we're ready to take a step of faith like never before, trusting God in every area as we continue forward. Calvary Church, get ready because the movement has begun. Would y'all lift up your hands really high and say it out loud. Say, I am the movement. Say it real loud. Say, I am the movement. Yeah, I want to say good morning to everybody. I want to welcome you to part one of our new six-part series for the movement. A great big welcome to those of you who are joining us online. We're glad you're with us today. I want you to grab your Bible or your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible or a Bible app, share with the person next to you. You can flip or click to 1 Corinthians 3. I want to read verse number 10 and 11. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 10 and 11. According to the grace of God given to me, Paul writes, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Church, let each one take care how he builds on it. 
For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Church, take one of your hands and set it on your heart. And I want you to say it out loud. Make this confession by faith. Say, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess all of the good things Christ has already provided for me. Father, I thank you for raising up true apostles and prophets who have more than just titles but who continue to lay the foundation like Paul determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Today I simply declare that I will bless, not curse. I will speak from a mercy seat, not a judgment seat. I will speak to the people's potential, not their problem. I will mentor them, not torment them. I will declare their righteousness, not bring their sin to remembrance. I will build them up, not tear them down. I will teach them to rest, not wrestle, to trust, not try. I declare a movement, not a monument. I thank you for the spirit in sons, not just statutes on stones. We declare today we are the movement. and We thank you and give you praise. And we all said together, amen. You know, it's common, church, for churches to claim to be a movement. I hear it all the time. I think it's got a positive ring to it. When Christians use the term, they often mean this, that God's blessing our efforts. But when Calvary Church uses the phrase, we have something much more specific in mind, and it's very, very important to us. Because at Calvary Church, we are building a gospel movement. Did you know that's why we exist? Our mission is simple. We exist to declare and to demonstrate the gospel to everyone, every day, everywhere. And I believe Calvary Church has arrived at the next stage of a gospel revolution, and there are two ways that we could go from here. So I told the team this week that I just want to sit down and I want to talk to the church because I really believe that we are at a crossroads. And I need you to hear the voice in my voice. Right now, we could go one of two ways. One, we could camp around the foundation of grace. Or two, we could now begin to build on it and see the church become a powerful movement. Not just locally, not just regionally, not just nationally, but internationally. And I want you to notice that I said a gospel revolution. I did not say a gospel rebellion. What's the difference between a revolution and a rebellion? Well, a rebellion is defined by what it stands against. A revolution is defined by what it stands for. A rebellion is just interested in fighting against something, whereas a revolutionist is fighting for something. 
uh, rebellion seeks to disrupt, to bring down, to destroy a bad ideology, a system of government. A revolution seeks to transform it into something better. Let me give it to you in simple terms. A rebellion seeks to destroy while a revolution seeks to build something better. And if you think that you are a revolutionist but find yourself only destroying and never building, I hate to tell you this today, but you are nothing more than a rebel. And this teaching series for the movement is not for rebels. It's for revolutionaries who want to see the church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the capital C church become what Christ intended for her to become, which is a kingdom movement bringing heaven to earth. We know that the old covenant church was about monuments, but how many of you are glad the new covenant church is about a movement? The old covenant church was about statutes on stones, but how many of you are glad, come on new covenant church, that we are about the spirit in sons? And by the way, ladies, when I say sons, remember Paul said in Galatians that we are all sons of God. Listen, if I have to be the bride of Christ, you can be sons of God. Come on. And I want you to know that what happens after a revolution is even more important than the actual revolution itself. In fact, if people don't go into what the revolution was there to position them for, then did you know that the revolution could end up being more destructive to them than the bondage that they were previously in? See, if people never move on to rebuild something the right way, then they never had a revolution. They only had a rebellion. And I want you to think about it like this. Picture this, a prison. And if you're in a prison and that prison is surrounded by a vast desert, think about it. You happen to break out and gain your freedom, but now you're worse off than you were in prison because now you die in the desert. So what am I saying to you, church? I'm saying this. It isn't just about your freedom. But it's about you now using your freedom to go to a better place. And let me explain this. Many people, many churches are stuck in a prison. You know what that prison is? It's a prison of religious, legalistic structure and theology that is oppressive and crushing. The fact is it is abusive and slavish. And it is driven by performance to please God. It is a system of motivating people to live right by guilt and fear. And keeping them under a fall short, never good enough mentality. And some of you know what that's like. Now, we can break people out of that prison. But when's the church going to get it? That breaking out is only half the revolution. We have to take people into a better place. And by the way, that better place is a kingdom of God government and intent for his church. We need to build and establish people. 
We read it a moment ago on a new foundation, a foundation of Christ and on his divine order and on his purpose for the church. We are the church. And by the way, the church is not a building. The church is a people. And that's why God, I believe, is bringing forth. I believe it's happening right now around the world. God is bringing forth a new breed of ministry in this hour that is not afraid to stand up and preach the gospel of grace. And somebody at Calvary needs to know that you are a part of that new breed. And sadly, much of what's flooded our pulpits in years gone by has been issues of politics and morality and self-help programs and psychological manipulation and empathy. Empty rhetoric with no biblical basis. But how many of you know that God is raising up true apostles to govern in grace and true prophets to guide in grace and true evangelists to gather in grace and true pastors to guard in grace and true teachers to ground you in grace. There is a governing, a guiding, a gathering, a guarding, and a grounding that is coming back to the church. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. You believe it? Say yes. Ephesians 4, verse number 11, 12, and 13 says this. Y'all, I'm not yelling. I'm just sitting. I'm trying to hold myself together. Are y'all getting this? Paul writes, Christ has appointed some with the grace to be apostles. Some, not all, some. And some with the grace to be prophets and some with the grace to be evangelists, some with the grace to be pastors, some with the grace to be teachers. Stop right there. For what? I'll tell you sadly what it's become. You think those gifts have been given to what? To entertain you, to amuse you, to perform in this setting where you sit in little rows and look at the back of each other's heads. No, that's not why these gifts were given to you. It goes on to say that these gifts were given to you to nurture and prepare you, believer, to do your good works of ministry and as they do this they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the son of God and finally we become one perfect man the new man in Christ with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ Simply put, these gifts are given to help you grow up. And sadly, the church is filled with children. We talk about how we're children of God. Well, that's wonderful, but how many of you know children become sons? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I reasoned as a child. I thought as a child. I made decisions like a child. But when I became a son, full grown, I put away childish things. These five ascension gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given to us to help the church understand, watch this, that we have been saved from something, thank God, but also for something. The church is stuck at being saved from something. When are we going to get it? You have been saved from something and you have been saved for something. 
God has brought you out, watch this, but he brought you out to what? To bring you in. See, some of us need to know Jesus priest and Jesus king. Jesus priest, we have been purchased, but watch this, Jesus king, we have also been purposed. And I'm going to say it again, Calvary Church, I don't know about every church, but at Calvary Church, we are at a critical junction right now in a gospel revolution. And some of you don't realize that since January of 2013, the revolution has been breaking people out of a mixture of law and grace bondage. And you want to know how this started? It started with me. That's how it started because what's at the head flows through the body. But what happens after this, let me talk to you, is now what's most important because it will be the difference between us dying in the wilderness or walking into our inheritance and some of you need to understand that it is an inheritance the Bible says that flows with milk and honey or let me say it like this with abundance and provision and you know what we're realizing that this promised land is not a piece of real estate it's a person Jesus I wish I had time to share with you stories of people breaking out of bondage and stepping into freedom I could do it all day long I've got so many stories but it was a revolution, we understand, that set Israel free from Egyptian bondage in order that they may enter the place of promise. But that free generation, now think about this, they were the free generation, but they did not enter their inheritance. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'll tell you right now, the church is filled with free people who are not entering their place of promise because of unbelief. And they stay and they suffer in the wilderness until they destroy themselves. It's not God destroying you. It's you destroying yourself. And one of the most common events that you saw occurring with Israel in the wilderness, watch, was a continual breaking out of rebellion. They didn't use their freedom to move into what God had promised them. They used their freedom to put themselves in slavery. And if all you do is break out from a bad belief system, but you fail to go into what God is building, then you get stuck in a rebellion that's going to continue to manifest until total destruction in your life. So think about that. What starts out as something good has the potential to end up as something terrible. Watch this. If you don't have the next phase in mind. And you know what I'm realizing about the church is that we don't know how to sequence with God. These are the sons of God who... Those who are led by the Spirit of God or those who are grown and learn how to sequence with the Spirit of God. We're moving from glory to glory. We're moving from faith to faith. If y'all are getting this, somebody say yes. I'm trying to help you and tell you that the wilderness is not true freedom. It's a place which if you spend too long there is going to lead you to confusion and disillusionment and rebellion and, and a returning to bondage and self-destruction and ultimately death and all the progressive effects of death. And I believe what I'm about to say right now is a right now word from God for this church. And I'm going to say it. And here it is. And I'm, I'm telling you today, I, I don't want this to be about 
height. I don't want this to be about show. That is never my heart. As a matter of fact, every time I step up to talk to you, you know what my prayer is? My prayer is I'm not here to impress the people, but I'm here to impress the people with who they truly are in Christ. And I'm not jumping around and yelling at you. I'm sitting here talking to you because what I'm about to say is a word from God for this church. And it's this Calvary. We must sequence with God at this crucial stage of this gospel revolution. And God's very serious about bringing us into the fullness of new covenant life and new covenant freedom. And he desires to use true revolutionaries who will do more than destroy, but will invest in building what God is building. They will do more more than be a liability they will be an asset they will do more than be consumers they will be contributors they will do more than be slaves they will be sons they are committed to a declaration and demonstration of the gospel of God's grace to everyone every day everywhere and if I'm talking to a church that gets it give God a good hand clap of praise and I need at least 200 of you to shout yes What did our theme verses say? According to the grace of God, 1 Corinthians, given to me, Paul says, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Not moves on from it, but builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. I have said this over and over again, and I hope you hear my heart. A fresh wave of grace has come upon our church. But you need to understand that the first wave was what I call a foundation of grace. The next wave that we are moving into is a building on grace. The first was foundational theology. That is what we believe. The second is administrational theology. That is what we do with what we believe. So the first wave is what broke us out of a bad foundation and established the right foundation, which was what? Christ and nothing else. And this next wave is now about us building on that foundation. And I hear the Spirit of God say that it's time for this church to build. And I want you to notice not moving on from grace, look at this, but moving up in grace. So don't ever come to me and ask, Pastor, when are we going to move on from grace? Never! We don't move on from Jesus. We move up in Jesus. Are y'all getting this? Some of you say, well, I want deeper things. Really? You want to swim in the 12-foot end of the pool and you hadn't even mastered the three-foot. And by the way, you can still drown in three-foot. Well, I want deeper things. Let's see how you handle just the foundational things of this gospel. Matter of fact, Paul had to tell one of the churches, I sure would like to go on to deeper things, but you can't even handle the shallow things. I sure would like to move on into the deeper things of faith righteousness, but you can't even handle the basics. That first wave was all about what? Saving grace. But the next wave is all about empowering grace. 
And I want you to remember, and I told you this, that a simple way to understand the difference between grace that saves and grace that empowers is what? Saving grace carried you. If you're thankful for that, say yes. Saving grace carried you. Watch this. But you carry empowering grace. Put your hand on your belly. I just want to remind you what you're packing on the inside. Saving grace was done in you while empowering grace is what's on you. Saving grace is God's grace towards you while empowering grace is God's grace working in and through you. And I'll tell you right now, church, I think we'd all agree. It is great to be free from the wrong things. And that's really where the church is stuck, talking about what we've been freed from. It's great to be free from the wrong things. But now we need to build on the right things and let grace empower us and let grace, Mr. Grace himself, lead us into everything that God has in store for us. How many of you know that's a movement? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to just do this church thing if this is what the church thing is. And I'm telling you, there is a reformation, a reforming of what we have called the church. Because if it's that I show up whenever I want to show up and sit and look at the back of someone's head, sing a few songs and hear a funny little preacher and walk out and go live my life and make no movement or change or revolution or empowering life, abundance and life and living, the gospel gives you your life back. I want to live. And I live in an area downtown Dallas that is, I'm telling you right now, it is teeming with new construction. It, it's crazy. I'm, I'm watching building after building after building go up. And not once have I seen, not one time have I seen construction crews come in, lay a foundation, and then pack up and leave and say, you know, I think we're going to go on to deeper things. Instead, you know what they do? They start laying floors. One floor after the other. One floor after the other. They build on that foundation. And I say that because sadly, many believers in the church are camping around the foundation of grace and they haven't continued in building the structure. And the Spirit of God says that it's time to build on the right things. It is time for a movement. And church, you are the movement. Oh my God, if you think I'm talking about an advertising blitz or a communication initiative, you have missed my heart today. You are the movement. I want every one of you to lift up your hands, lower floor, upper tier, wave your hands in the air and wave them like you just do care. And I want you to say it out loud. Say, we are the movement. Matter of fact, make it personal. Say, I am the movement. Now, if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. You are the movement. No, I'm not talking about an advertisement campaign. Matter of fact, the key difference when you talk about a, a, a major advertising blitz or a communication in initiative, the, 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 the key difference is participation. If you think I'm talking about an ad campaign, that's not what I'm talking about. An ad campaign is something you do to people. You know what a movement is? A movement is something people choose to do. And what am I saying? Hey, church, participation is required. 
And how sad is it that we've made church this thing we come and sit and watch? That is not the church. As a matter of fact, you are the church. When you walk out of this building, guess who walks out of this building? The church. I am the church. Now, we gather in a building. The church gathers in a building. Why? So that you can be equipped to walk out of this building and be the church. Where? Everywhere. Every day. With everyone. So that heaven can spill out of you. We're bringing heaven to earth. A manifestation of the glory of God. The earth being filled with God's glory. Do you know who you are? You're kings. That's what Revelation says. Because of his blood, you've been washed clean and now you are kings. He's made you kings. You are kings. Now, does this make sense? He is king of Hey, kings, you're supposed to reign in life. The Bible says you're supposed to rule and have dominion. Life's not to reign over you. You're to reign over life. You're kings. You're lords. He's called Lord of Lords. Oh! Sometimes I preach and just bless myself. Oh, God. Are y'all getting this? So, so participation is required in Calvary. Here's what the Spirit of God says. We've got to harness this movement. And I want you to consider a few things. I'm going to just start today. I'm not going to get done. I repeat, I will not get done today. But there's some things, critical things for the movement. I only have time to give you a few today and I'm going to go fast. But number one, write it down. you got to believe. This is critical for the movement, believers. 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 If you're called a believer, then believe. You put your faith in Christ. You've received his life. Believe it. It may not. You say, well, it may not look like it on the outside. Well, you better believe that something happened on the inside. And when you start believing that something happened on the inside, you better watch out. Some things are going to take place. How many of you know you pass from death to life? Say yes. Darkness of light. Come on. You've been brought out of darkness of uh, uh, out, of, out of a kingdom of darkness brought into the kingdom of light and and you 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 aren't a slave you're now a son you were lost now you're found you were blind now you see your, your, your spirit has come alive in god you're now a child of god born again to live a new life if you're glad for that say yes i'm talking about your born again spirit i'm not talking about your unrenewed mind the issue is not your spirit the issue is you believing it and I'm telling you, Romans 8 says this, and I love it, church. If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. He's got a great plan for your life. Matter of fact, he is your life. And he knew you before you were born, and he had already designed wonderful things for you. You are so unique. You're, you're so special. You're, you're a masterpiece. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that now, church, you can walk in it. That's good news. Your life is no longer your own. It's now the Christ life. You've got the Christ life. You were crucified with Christ. Now the life you live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. So if you've received Him, 
You're in him. He's in you. Come on. You know what the Bible says? Come on, believer, that in Christ you're now called what? A disciple. A disciple means what? A believer. And when you receive the life of Christ, you become his disciple, allowing him now what? To live his life in and through you. There is no such thing as believing in Jesus but not being his disciple. If you have received him as Savior, then you received him as Lord. He is priest and king. And by the simple act of believing in Jesus, you have become a disciple. Therefore, what am I saying to you today, church? I'm saying that you as a believer have become a disciple in Christ to live now this glorious life you are no longer living now for yourself and how sad is it that churches are filled with people who still it's all about them feed me feed me feed me why don't you grow up and start feeding yourself in fact you need to start feeding on this revelation that you died with Christ that the old life is gone that your new life is so much better because not only are you alive in Christ but now he's alive in you and now guess what church he says I want to live my life in and through you now that's meat not milk You got to allow him to live through you. And the first act in making Christ king in your life is what? Come on. Man, surrender. You're, surrender. You're no longer king. He's king of kings. Let him rule and reign. Let him rule and reign. In and through you. The best thing about that, hey, he's a good king that has good things for your life. He loves you so much. Boy, you got to learn that. Trust him. Trust and obey. I know we don't like listening to that in the church. Don't tell me to obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. You want to enjoy this journey? Trust him. Obey him. Why does he want you to obey? Because he only has good things for you. Trust me. I only want good things for you. Some of us in a mess and blaming God for the mess. No, he's only wanted good things for you. Have you ever thought that maybe you decided to do things on your own? Believe. Number two, be baptized. Be baptized. Now, I'm going to talk to you, church, because this is very important. The first act of obedience as a disciple of Christ is what? To be baptized in water. That is very, very important. Now, when I say that, understand that baptism is an outward declaration of what's already taken place in you. Remember, when you know the gospel that you co-died, you were co-buried and co-raised with Christ spiritually. Now, physically, you are baptized in water and you are reenacting what's already taken place. That's why you need to study Romans 6 where Paul writes in verse 3 and 4, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, and by the way, that's not talking about water baptism, that's talking about your baptism into his death. That you were baptized crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised up with Christ. You were baptized. You were buried with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
Thank God you were baptized into his death. Guess what that means? Now you get to walk in newness of life. The old is gone. The new has come. If you're thankful for that, say yes. So baptism is what? A public declaration. And by the way, when I say that, baptism is where you go down in the water, which symbolizes what? You were buried with Christ. Your old life of sin, gone. Your old life of you believing that you could save yourself. The old do-it-yourself life. The old disobedient life was buried. And as you come up out of the water, what you're saying is, I left that old life behind in the grave, and now I'm raised up in the newness of life. Now, there is nothing magical about this. When I'm talking to you about the importance of being baptized, if you think I'm talking about something magical, that's not what I'm doing. I said it's a public declaration of what is already done. So let me say it like this. It's a public declaration or a public celebration. It is a symbol of of you being spiritually crucified, buried, and raised to newness of life. So water baptism is important, but it does not cause anything. I want to make that very clear. It does not cause anything. Think about it. Celebrating your birthday doesn't mean you were just born. Or how about this? Think about this. Celebrating a wedding anniversary doesn't mean you just got married. You were already born, already married long before the party, but now you're just celebrating. And y'all, it's the same with water baptism. You have been reborn, the Bible says, of God's spirit. You have become the bride of Christ. How many of you are glad God says uh, Jesus ain't returning for his fiance, he's returning for a bride? What am I saying to you? You're already married in union with Christ. So why not celebrate with water baptism? But it doesn't mean that you're just being reborn and it doesn't mean that you're becoming a bride in that moment. No, water baptism is what? It's celebrating what has already taken place. Now here's what I'm going to say to you. What are you waiting for? The movement has begun. And if you have not been baptized in water and some of you say, yeah, but it might be strange and I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if I can do it. Can, can I encourage you today? It's time for you to grow up. And I say that with all love. This is the first act. You know what's crazy to me is that believers are asking God for all this stuff. And you know what's crazy? They don't even do the elementary stuff. And this is the beginning. This is like, yeah, let's celebrate what's taken place. And if you have not been baptized in water yet, here's what I'm going to say. Next week, next Sunday, I am doing a special day of baptism. And I want you, if you have not been baptized in water, and why am I doing it next week? I thought about doing it today, just right now, just literally make it available and do it. But I'm not going to do it because I'm going to wait a few days to give you time to invite your friends and family. Why? Because it is a public celebration. I want your friends and family to see what you believe has taken place in your spirit. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, if you have not been baptized in water, one of two things. Take out that card in front of you right now. Fill it out and mark baptism. You're going to drop it in in just a moment. Or you stop by the Welcome Center today and connect with our team because here's what's going to happen. Next week, you are going to be baptized in water publicly and we are going to celebrate. It's time for you to be baptized and you're going to notice. Oh my God. What a difference. Trusting God. Obeying His Word. 
believing, being baptized. If y'all are getting this, if this is too much for you, don't say anything. But if y'all are getting this, say yes. Next week, that is October 6th. I don't care how long it takes. I am baptizing Lottie Dottie and everybody. We will help you get ready. It's time for you to be baptized. Believe, be baptized, and finally, don't miss this, be added. Be added. What did the very first church on earth look like? You need to start studying the book of Acts because Acts is really the record of the, of the start of the movement. And I wish I had time to study this today, but Acts 2, 42 through 47 Church, write that down, Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it talks about how they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the gospel, and the fellowship. And don't you miss this. Next week, I'm going to be sharing vision. I'm going to be sharing massive changes that are coming to our church because we have to change. Fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, and awe came upon every soul. I'm telling you, I feel it. It's time for awe to come back to the church. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing. And look at this. They were glad. They were generous, praising God, having favor with people. And the Lord added to their number day by day by day those who were being saved. Church, I don't have time to talk about this, but the New Testament church were people that when they became believers in Christ, they were instantly added to the church. And when you receive Christ, you also need to become a part, be added to the local church because this is a community of believers who meet together regularly to walk out their Christianity with one another in this world. And I'm telling you, there is no such thing as independent and isolated Christianity Christianity in the Bible. There is a reason why um, the Bible says that we are a body. Write that down. We are a body that every believer, though an individual, is a part of the church and has a specific and important role to play. We need each other and everyone is needed. The Bible says that we are a flock. Write that down. That sheep that are isolated. Don't you... Don't you miss this church. And I wish I could illustrate this with a group of you. But when you are isolated, don't miss this. You are vulnerable to wolves. And I'm watching believers that drift away from what this is about. And they're taken out. Listen, it's dangerous. And you need to be a part of a flock that's cared for and protected by shepherd. There's a reason why. There's pastors and elders. That literally, it means shepherds to walk with you, to bring you back to a revelation of the gospel, to grow together, to encourage each other, to love each other, to build each other up, to worship with each other, to remind each other who we are in Christ. How many of you know we've got to remind each other because we have a tendency of forgetting? And then it says this, write it down, a spiritual house made of living stones. Everybody write that down, living stones. We're all being built into the church together. And notice it says living stones. It doesn't say bricks. Did you know that in Egypt, they made the slaves make bricks? Do you know what religion is? Religion is a brick factory. Bricks are a picture of what? 
bricks are a picture of striving and toiling and working. It's man's attempt to do what only God can do. And you know what's so sad is that the church has become a brick-making factory, cookie-cutter, little look-alike believers. And God says, no, you want to know what takes a master craftsman? Knowing how to lay stones. Because every stone has a different shape. Church, did you know that you are unique? Every one of you has a unique shape. And God says, I want my grace to work in and through your unique shape, your unique personality. Oh, if you aren't already a part of this church, if you hadn't been added, then can I tell you, please, I encourage you. Get in growth track today. And I'll... I'll Listen, I'm not ashamed to say it. We are not a perfect church. I'm not sitting here saying we are, but I'll tell you what we are. We may not be a perfect church, but we are a church that, that sets our eyes on the perfect one. And we are a church that honors Jesus. And we are a church that loves you and loves people. And we are a church that preaches the gospel of grace. Believing, being baptized, being added, believing, being baptized, being added. Watch this. All flow from this reality. Are you ready for this? That you are called the beloved. You know what that means? You are the beloved. Watch. Hey, every day, be loved. I don't want to make this difficult, but be loved. Go out and live your more abundant life with your new DNA be loved. You are loved by God. And you want to know when you have that revelation, guess what flows out of you? All of this. Now, I'm going to stop right here. Wave at me if y'all are getting this today. Wave at me. I'm going to stop right here. Now, we're going to gather around the Lord's table in just a moment. But hear me. Next week, there are two more things. I told you there's five. I only got to three, but there's two more things that are critical. But next week, I have to share with you vision, and I have to share with you some changes that are coming. Some real changes that are coming that have to happen. And that will be taking place, and you do not want to miss it. Because I believe that God is preparing us to build on this foundation. And if you believe it, somebody say yes. Now that leads me to something very important. And I'm going to close, and I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Okay, I normally do not do this, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and I'm going to ask you for just a moment. It only takes a couple of minutes. I don't want anyone moving because this is so important what I'm about to take you on a 36 day journey during this during this series. And we're doing this together. If we are the movement and we're in this together, then we come together. We receive together. We gather around the Lord's table together. We take communion together. And I'm going to ask you to take just a minute, take your phone out. Every one of you. This is important. Take your phone out. And I want you to watch for just a minute. And there's some things I'm putting in your hand, but I want you to watch this announcement. Hey, Calvary family, we want to quickly talk to you about something very important and exciting that's happening here at Calvary. You know, there's a movement, and it's pretty common for 
churches to claim to be a movement. I think it's got a positive ring to it. And oftentimes when Christians use that term, they often mean, well, look, God's blessing our efforts. But when we at Calvary Church use that term, we've got something much more specific in mind. And it's very, very important to us. We're building a gospel movement. And that's why we exist. You know, our mission is very simple. We exist to declare and to demonstrate the gospel, the good news of God's grace to everyone, every day, everywhere. We want to share with you some of the aspects that we believe that God is leading us to take in this movement. But first, we want you to take out your cell phone. If you already have the Calvary app, you should have received an update so that you can start taking advantage of the new look and the new features. But if you don't have our app, go to your app store right now and search Calvary Church CC and then just download it. The new updated app will allow you to stay in the know of what's coming up, what's happening here in our movement. That's right. You're going to notice that there's an option at the bottom that says Devo. You're going to tap there to open a 36-day devotional. We're going to be journeying together through this devotional as we renew our minds, prepare our hearts, position ourselves for the movement. A movement can be defined as a group of people working together, participating together to advance an idea, a cause. And Calvary, we believe God's calling us in this season to advance, to advance our cause of taking this gospel into the world. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're to be transformed, we're to be changed by the renewing of our minds. And we believe that God wants to change each and every one of us, especially over the next 36 days, to grow us in our grace walk so that we can accomplish all the great things that God has in store for us through this movement. We're moving from saving grace to empowering grace. So we're inviting you to join us on this journey over the next 36 days in reading scripture and making declarations that align with what God believes about us. We also have made available hard copies at your location's Welcome Center if you prefer to follow along that way. During this series, you'll be receiving a For the Movement prayer card that you'll be able to write down areas in your life that you're believing God to move in to, for movement because we're not only going to believe for movement corporately as a church, but we're also going to be believing for movement in your personal life. On Sunday, November 3rd, we're going to have a special time of prayer and we want you to bring this card with you on that day to whatever worship experience that you attend at your location so that we can stand with you in agreement through prayer. Now lastly, you're gonna receive For The Movement offering envelope and we want you to take that with you and as a family begin praying and asking the Lord to direct you as you prepare your gift of generosity over and above. On Sunday, November 3rd, we're gonna be praying over those prayer requests, but we're gonna be participating in giving a For The Movement offering. It's not just a service, not just a big offering, it's a very sacred moment. You know, the early church understood the power of sacrificial giving for the greater cause, for the movement, to see the gospel ministry fully funded and functioning for kingdom impact in the here and now. Now we look forward to gathering together to pray over those prayer requests and give by faith, activating God's promise to those who really fund kingdom work. The Bible says in Philippians that God will meet your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So I wanna say thank you, Calvary Church, for preparing. I wanna say thank you for being the movement.